The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 17th chapter. On the way to Jerusalem, Jesus was going through the region between Samaria and Galilee. As he entered a village, ten lepers approached him. Keeping their distance, they called out, saying, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When he saw them, he said to them, Go and show yourselves to the priests. As they went, they were made clean. Then one of them, he saw, when he saw that he was healed, turned back, praising God with a loud voice. He prostrated himself at Jesus' feet and thanked him. And he was a Samaritan. Then Jesus asked, Were not ten made clean? But the other nine, where are they? Was none of them found to return and give praise to God except for this foreigner? Then he said to him, Get up and go on your way. Your faith has made you well. The Gospel of the Lord. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I just couldn't resist that image. Naaman is told to go down to the laundromat, the laundromat of his day, to a river, an ordinary river, and wash and be clean. Go in seven times. Well, What we see today happening is a collision, a collision of God and God's Word with human presumption. What we see is an incredible transformation of this Naaman from anger and resentment to joy and faith. What we see in this story is how God's Word works and how God works in our lives. And so I hope today you're going to go from here knowing what you can bank on, what you can hold on to, what is certain. God indeed collides with human presumption. We see this is what happens when the Word is preached. So where does Naaman start? Well, he's a powerful man. He's the right-hand man of the king of Aram. He's a great warrior. He's won battles for this king, and this king wants him to be made well. He's so strong, but he has this one thorn in his side that he has this skin disease. But Naaman has another disease. It's one that all human beings inherit and have. Pride. Pride in our position, in our status, in our importance. As the character Finn said to Han Solo in the newest of the, or the first of the newer versions of the Star Wars movie, I'm a big deal in the resistance. And later I love how Han Solo says, okay, big deal. (laughs) Well, Naaman is a big deal. And we all kind of get puffed up in ourselves thinking we are, are a big deal. But then 
God's Word enters. And do you notice how God's Word enters? It's a slave girl. It's a woman who was taken captive, a woman of Israel taken captive and is now serving as a slave who says, gosh, I wish you were in Israel because there's a prophet there. Now, a prophet is a messenger of God. There's a prophet there. And so, amazingly, Naaman listens. He must be desperate. But now let's wait and pause for a minute. Where are you looking for God today? Where are your fellow sojourners in our culture looking for God? What do we think is important, powerful, monumental? What gets our attention? It probably isn't a little slave girl. No, we are interested in the red carpet, in the prestige and the powerful and the glim and glitter. DreamWorks, Disney, super special effects, incredible music, incredible power, you know, turn up the volume. That's what we're interested in. That's what we think is powerful. But yet here comes God's Word. Gently, quietly through a slave girl. Think about that. So Naaman goes, he goes to his king, and his king gives him a letter to take to the king of Israel. That's the northern kingdom. This is not a really good king. And of course, this king of Israel doesn't think, well, we've got Elisha over there. I bet you he could do something about it. He thinks that this king is trying to provoke a war. Tears his clothes. Ah! All is lost. Elisha says, come on, send him to me, and he'll know there's a prophet in the land. And so here, Naaman goes to Elisha's house. And what would you expect? You would expect what we expect when something powerful, wonderful, mighty, strong comes. You would think there would be a red carpet and trumpets sounding and, you know, a huge parade for Naaman to come in. And then, of course, Elijah would go out to meet him. Do you know in the ancient world to not go out to meet someone coming to your house was a horrible insult? I don't even know how to put it into modern terms. Naaman comes in all of his presumption, I'm a big deal, and this guy's going to heal me. And who does he meet? A messenger. Not even the great prophet Elijah himself, a messenger. Um, Naaman, go down to the river and go in seven times and you will be made clean. Go down and wash and be healed. How does this go over for Naaman? What? I would have thought that he would have waved his hand over my spot, over my disease, and he'd come out himself and, and do, you know, dance or do something. Just go down and wash. That's ridiculous. 
And the text in Hebrew says he's angry, and then he turns to rage. That's what happens, isn't it? When our presumption of righteousness and pride in our position isn't respected. Has that ever happened to you? Anybody ever forgotten to thank you or acknowledge you or say you're special? I think it's happened to most of us, and it stings. It hurts. What? Wash? That simple? He thinks something much more spectacular, much more flashy should happen. But no, God's Word comes in a simple word, now not through a slave girl, but through a messenger. Go and wash. Go and wash. (laughs) So, we too, when we are encountered by the Word, if we're honest, it's kind of upsetting. You might have been so soaked in the Word throughout your life, you go, Pastor Bill, it's not upsetting to me. It's a great comfort. But just remember your old self. Just remember how we as human beings don't like to be told we need a bath. You remember that when mom or dad used to tell you that? You stink. Take a bath. How does that go over with you? See, we want our position and stature respected, and yet we come, and the first thing God's Word says is you need a bath. That's why the gospel is resisted in the world, if you don't know that. The gospel says we need to be cleaned up. And human beings, in general, say, well, maybe give me a little washcloth and I'll take care of it. No, you need to be completely immersed and drenched and cleaned because you're a mess. That's, in essence, what Naaman hears. What? Come on, work some magic act or something. Go down and wash ordinary water? And he's right to object. He's right. He says exactly what we think because it's just, in fact, I bet you the waters way up north in Damascus are better than the Jordan. The Jordan's kind of in some places. The further down it goes. Is there something special about the water in Israel? No. But what is the key? It's the word that the messenger, the prophet sent. That's the key. Put with the water that's going to deliver the healing that Naaman so seeks. Well, he's angry. And so here comes God's word again. And where does the word come from? From the king of Israel? coming and saying, hey, Naaman, you really should listen to him. I think he's got something. Or from his own king or from some powerful person. No. Who gets him to the water? His servants. Oh, man, can you see once again how God's word comes hidden in weakness? This is why the rest of the world doesn't think that what's happening here right now is a big deal, because it seems ordinary. This is why so many people even say something like what we're doing here is boring. 
because they think this is one about entertainment, but also they think that it should be some flashy DreamWorks kind of production, that that's where power is. But look, God's Word is coming through people that other people wouldn't even listen to and notice. And that's the way God likes to come, hidden between, in, with, and under the ordinary. And so, again, you got to tip your hat to Naaman. He listens. He listens. And he goes down and he is washed. He goes to the laundromat and he goes in seven times and his flesh is restored. But I want to tell you, I think something more happened for him than just getting healed. In fact, I know it to be true. How do I know? Well, listen to what he says. I know now that there is no God in all of the world except for the God of Israel, Yahweh, the Lord. That's what he says. Now, that's, now if he was just healed, if that's all he got, he'd say, good, I'm a big deal. Thank you. I'm out of here. Good job, Israel. We won't come and kill you tomorrow. No, but he gets something much, much more. He realizes that this is God's Word. Yeah, it's ordinary water, but it's God's Word. And he's washed and he's made clean, and now he wants to worship. He doesn't just go home. He comes back, just like that leper in the Gospel reading. He comes back to Jesus, that leper in our Gospel reading, and what does he say? He bows down and worships Jesus. Just like Naaman came to recognize who is God. People of God, you've come here today, and you're hearing ordinary words <laughs> in ordinary songs, beautiful songs, beautiful music, but you're hearing the word in, with a hoarse pastor. <laughs> but something very similar to you has happened that happened to Naaman. You were taken to some water, and is there anything special about this water? Well, it's awesome Silverdale water. <laughs> but God's Word was put together with this water for you. You were washed and made clean, and every time you confess your sin and hear the absolution, whether it's here in church or at home in your prayer closet, and you know that God forgives you, you are jumping back into this water. You are being cleansed. It isn't, we don't believe baptism is some kind of magic act with magic water, no. But when you put His Word, just like He commanded, with this water, this water delivers. This water takes you in. This water claims you as a child. This water says the rest of the world may reject you, but you've got the sign of the cross on your forehead. You're walking wet, soaked, drenched, cleaned up through the gospel. What does Naaman do? Let me pay you. You can't pay for the gospel. No. No, you can't. It's free. So he says, well, let me take some dirt home so I can worship. See, ancient people believed that God was connected to the land, so he's going to take God with them now. 
Isn't that what we do now when we leave today? We take God with us into a land that worships other gods. And that's what Naaman says, hey, I'm going to help my master. He's going to go into the house of Ramon, but I'm not going to really be worshiping. Well, now that's what we do. We go out into the world, our workplaces, our families, our homes, and a culture that is very much has lots of other gods. And they're going to get the best of us sometimes, but we're going to go out there. We're going to take God with us now. And this forgiveness and grace and love that he's given us, wow, this story is amazing. And it didn't just happen thousands of years ago. It's happened today for you and for me. Wash and be made clean. Thanks be to God. Amen.